Hey, welcome to the Fife Movement. I'm your host, Amanda Neely. Um, quick programming note, I recorded this video once, but sent it to the editor and realized that I did not copy or I did not share the right screen on the screen share. So I'm re-recording this. Um, this will be unedited because I'm too late getting it back to the editor, um, but I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. Um, we are doing a little series that is a different uh, style than what we normally do, a little bit more off the cuff. Today's actually did a little bit more prep work with because I wanted to show you real numbers of what's really happening um, with the frequently asked question of the day. So let me share my screen. I'll make sure I share the right one this time. Here we go. Why pay interest on your own money? This is a big objection that people typically have for bank on yourself. Um, it doesn't make any sense to pay interest on your own money. And my response here is based on and inspired by a really awesome guy named Jim Conrad. You can totally check him out, uh, Google him, look for him on YouTube. He does a really great job of just describing what I'm about to describe for you too. So here we go. First question you need to ask yourself is what's the value of your discretionary income? Is its value in exchange for a latte or, um, you know, oat milk, really awesome latte from a local independent coffee shop, preferably? <laughs> um, is it worth, you know, new shoes? Like that can be totally the value. You spend it, it's gone forever. Or if you set aside some of that discretionary income, not saying all of it, still going to enjoy your life, but let's say you set aside some of it, what could it grow into? And most people who are thinking about doing something like bank on yourself with their money, they're already savers. They're setting aside some money for those longer term major expenses in their life. And a lot of them are using a savings account. So I first wanted to look at how, how does a dollar play out in a savings account? <clears throat> so you take that dollar, you put it in your savings when you're 35 years old and it's, it grows by the time you're 80 years old. So for 45 years, it only grows to a dollar 57. If that savings account is earning 1% APY, which I was just talking to somebody who's getting half that in her savings account. Um, so congratulations if you're getting 1%, but still, over 45 years, it only grows $1.57. But then what happens if you decide that you're, you need to use it, right? You've got a car you need to purchase or a roof repair. You're saving that money for something. Those things are going to happen. What if you use it? And here, so what if you took that dollar out when you're 45, when you're 55, when you're 65? So three times over those 45 years. What you'll notice is that you only get a dollar forty-nine instead of a dollar fifty-seven um, by the time you're eighty. That doesn't seem like that much of a difference, eight cents, but it's really five percent of your money that's gone because you took it out, right? You took that dollar out each year or once a year or once put it back over five years, took it out again, put it back over five years, took it out again, put it back over five years. That just, that interrupted your compound interest on that dollar, right? So you got less interest as it, as you took it out. 
Um, so that's a pretty big deal. Um, but at eight cents, it's not a lot. But what if it's more than that? Let's say this is your $10,000 emergency fund. And yes, emergencies happen. So you have to take out 5% or you have to take out 10,000 three times um, over those 45 years. That 10,000, uh, you lose 761 bucks, still 5% um, of the growth that you could have gotten you're losing. Imagine this with, you want to pay cash for your cars. Congratulations. You're doing really great saving up for them and then going to buy them. You do that three times over 45 years, which most people do it more often. That's, you know, that's like, what is that? More than 12 years per car, 15 years per car, right? Um, that's a long time to have one car, but just saying, uh, you still lose 5%. This time it's 2,200 bucks that you're losing of your money because you interrupted compound interest. And you can imagine this with all the different things of life, right? The new roof, college for the kids, business expenses, vacations, weddings, major medical expenses, hobbies, anything that you'd use that savings account for, anytime you use it, you're interrupting the compound growth. So I just kind of put some numbers down there, like one roof repair, college for two kids, one major business expense, one vacation, which hello, let's all go on a vacation every year except for 2020. Um, maybe a couple weddings, if you've got some girls or you are funding a boy's wedding, who knows, right? Major medical expenses, those could easily be 9,000 for just like one surgery that uh, you might have. And then hobbies, of course, like 3,000 bucks, that'd be easy to spend on a hobby. But let's say you, you do this, 112,000, you're taking out over and over again um, for these things. 5% of that is 5,600 bucks. Um, the truth is that you finance everything you buy, either by uh, paying interest when you take out a loan, right, to buy that car or do that roof repair or send your kids to college, or when you pay cash, you're interrupting the compound growth on that money and you lose what that money could grow into, even if you're being responsible and putting it back, right? A lot of times people spend it without any intention or plan to put it back to. So you're being like super responsible and yet you're still losing 5% of your money doing it this way. Um, and I would just ask you, maybe you've experienced this, would life be very fun for you if every time you spent money, even though you're being super responsible, you plan to save it back Every time you spent it though, you were thinking about that 5% that you'd lose. It'd be really hard to go get that car that you want. It'd be hard to do you know, this thing or that thing. Um, and I think if you're like me, you might even feel that sense of guilt each time uh, you make some of those major purchases. You go on that vacation, you wonder what else could I have done with this money? Yes, you want that freedom, you want that flexibility to enjoy your life, but at what cost? But what if it didn't have to be this way? What if there was a way to not interrupt the compound growth? So within the bank on yourself concept, there's this idea of the paid up additions writer. That's a, where some of the money goes into when it goes into a bank on yourself policy. Congratulations if you have one of these, um, that you are taking a dollar and over those same uh, 45 years, it's growing into $9 um, when it's in a paid up additions writer for those 45 years. 
um, just, and this is an estimate, but this is what we're actually seeing. Um, but your uh, numbers and results may vary, but go with me here. Even if it grew a portion of that, it's still a lot more growth than a savings account, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> so um, what happens though, when you take that dollar and you use it uh, throughout your lifetime uh, for the same things of life, just like we talked about before. Take it out, you put it back over five years, you end up paying interest to the life insurance company because you took a loan. You borrowed your own money, you pay interest, or you didn't really borrow your own money. You used your money as a collateral, you borrowed from the general fund, you pay interest back to the general fund. And let's say you do that same three times, same paying it back over five years, you're gonna pay 13 cents of interest per dollar um, each time that you do that. Now, if you add up that 13 cents three times, that's 39 cents, but you're, it's still grew to $9. So if you wanna net that out, take out the interest, your remaining is $8.61. That's a lot more than $1.57 or $1.49 um, because it's growing the whole time. It's growing by more and you didn't interrupt the compounding. You still have uninterrupted compound growth working for you. And of course, you can imagine that at the $10,000 level, but I thought I'd skip right to the $30,000 level, but that $30,000 in, it grows by nine times, $270,000, but you take that $30,000 out, and this time, I switched to eight years. You're, who was going to give you an eight-year loan to go buy a car? No one. They're typically four or five years, but you're... Uh, you're in control of your repayment schedule with um, these types of things. And so you're able to pay yourself back as slowly as you want to. So I'm being really conservative here. You, it takes eight years to pay it back. So now you're paying 22 cents per dollar in interest. Um, and you do that three times. Actually, let's add a fourth. You can, you're buying more than three cars. <laughs> um, so let's say you're adding a fourth. Now you're down to 11 years or so on each of those cars instead of 15. So you end up paying a little less than 20,000. I just rounded up so we don't get a whole bunch of numbers in here. But let's say you pay $20,000 in interest. That means you're still getting the 270,000 when you're 80, but you paid the 20,000 in interest. So um, it's like having 250,000, right? Um, for, for that money, way more than when we're looking at the savings account example. So I'll leave you with this question. Um, what if every dollar from your discretionary income could become $8.61 even after you've used that dollar multiple times throughout your lifetime and you've paid interest on your own money? The, you know, the big question here. I mean, how much of your discretionary income would you want to put to work in this way? Taking a dollar and becoming $8.61 even while you've used it three times um, and paid interest each time you've used it. You might be answering in your head as many as I could. Why wouldn't I want my dollar to become $8.61, right? Like who wouldn't want to do that? Of course, I want to do that with as much as I can of my discretionary income, right? So I got to pay my bills, you know, electric, all that kind of thing. But so why pay interest on your own money? I'm, I'd ask you a question back. Why would you do it any other way? 
Thanks for joining me for the Fife Movement. Um, if you like this video, please give us a thumbs up. Um, if you're catching it on the podcast, I highly recommend going and checking out the video version so you can see the numbers and everything that we went through. Um, I really appreciate you connecting with uh, our community and my whole mission to help you prepare well for the wealth that's coming your way, whether it be monetary wealth, a wealth of knowledge, um, some other kind of wealth, I, you know, community wealth, relationships, which speaking of relationships, uh, you can join the community by going to fifemovement.com. I've got a gift for you there, and that'll also give you access to an interactive community that we have online as well. Um, I think that's it for today. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow where we're going to wrap up this series of FAQs about banking yourself with another very commonly asked question. Uh, for now, if this video has helped you, please pay this gift forward and share it with a friend. Would also invite your comments uh, in below the video uh, to help it uh, give us feedback. What do you think? And help this video be seen by more people. Thanks. Peace.